0: A few weeks ago one of you saw the postcard that we have for this series and they pointed to this week's theme and said oh that one's going to be spicy. Maybe you thought the same thing as you perused the bulletin or clicked on the podcast title because we will talk about being offended. Dictionary definition, resentful or annoyed, typically as a result of a perceived insult. I think that's a little light. What topics boil your blood, contort your face into a a reddened scowl and, and radically accelerate the rhythm of your heart? That's being offended. Have you noticed uh, culture exhibits uh, an interesting and oxymoronic dichotomy when it comes to giving and taking offense? Some voices push us to avoid offense altogether. Their rationale is that we are to accept everyone's views and opinions, uh, and it's rude to speak out, to question or disprove what someone else says. Some voices say the opposite. Be true to yourself no matter who's offended. So, Where do you fall as a believer and a follower of Christ who holds to irrefutable truths that are questioned by our culture? Are you offended by the agendas you sense are pushed and promoted in this world? the cultural ideas that conflict with foundational, biblical truths. Abortion rights, sexual lifestyles, gender identity issues, the value of marriage, the treatment of the poor. You're more than offended. You're angry. You're incensed. Offense isn't too difficult to notice or name, but how do we navigate offense? How do you respond to these cultural issues? Does the Bible give direction for when you feel offended? The Apostle Peter wrote to early Christians who lived in an antagonistic culture. Peter asked those Christians a question. He said, who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? Does that question offend you? We anticipate that the correct answer is no one. We expect that doing good, a godly life, could only bring blessing. Except Peter wrote to Christians who faced persecution. Listen to what uh, Joel Green, a modern professor of New Testament interpretation at Fuller Theological Seminary wrote about these Christians. He says, their commitments to the Lordship of Jesus Christ have led to transformed attitudes and behaviors that place them on the fringes of their communities. They have become the victims of social ostracism, their allegiance to Christ having won for them slander, animosity. And vilification. Plenty of people were ready and waiting to harm them when they lived out good. Do you feel the same way? When it comes to offense, are people all too willing to offend you? It's important then to listen to how Peter continues. He says, but even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats, do not be frightened. The Bible's first answer when you are offended, get used to it. Understand you will suffer for doing good. You will suffer for confessing Christ. You will suffer for standing on the truth of the Bible. The second answer, see it as a blessing because you are on the side of God. Offense for the sake of Christ happened in the first century and it happened before then too. Peter quoted his encouragement against fear from Isaiah, written roughly 500 years prior. At that time in God's people's history, those who chose to follow the voice of God and the voice of truth were the minority. They lived against the grain of their culture. In the first century, the same thing. People lived against the grain of their culture. And in the 21st century, it is our prayer also that we live against the grain of our culture. But that creates friction, heat. It produces threats, anger, and animosity. Peter says not to fear those threats because of his question, who is going to harm you? Anyone and everyone might, thousands may want to harm you, but God is never one of them. And there is great comfort there. God will never be the answer to that question when you hold to his truth. What exactly is the advice Peter gives? To navigate a fence, Peter says, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. The word for revere is the same word Jesus used at the beginning of the Lord's prayer when he taught us to pray, hallowed be your name. Hallowed means to be made holy. We pray that our hearts hold God's name and God's word of truth as holy. Peter tells you to make holy in your hearts Jesus as Lord. Trust Jesus watches over everything you do. His love and authority motivate and guide your actions. Jesus' opinion is the opinion that matters most. Do everything to his glory, for his good, for his kingdom. Listen to every single word of every single sentence Jesus speaks as it comes from this book we call the Bible. Every challenge you face, every decision you make is connected to Jesus as your Lord. When you are offended, it isn't just about you, it is about Jesus too. Any reaction and any response to offense comes in the context of Jesus' sovereign lordship over all things, which helps us to avoid lashing out and anger-fueled reaction then you can see offense as a blessing because it allows you to give an answer. Peter tells us to be prepared, to be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the, for the hope that you have. This is a favorite verse. I, I love the reminder that there will be opportunities to share the message of grace and forgiveness in Jesus' I pray that my life, motivated by God's love for me, may may be witnessed by another, and they may become curious and ask me why. There is great hope there, but it was interesting to read this uh, again in context. I realize that they, those people who ask why, may not ask it nicely. With the language that surrounds what Peter writes, isn't it more likely that he expects people to ask this question out of accusation more than curiosity? They may ask with that sneer of sarcasm behind the question. Might it be in those situations in which we are most offended That we have the greatest opportunity then to speak of the hope we have in Christ Jesus. To do that we need to respond to offense righteously, not recklessly. Peter's encouragement is stronger than an answer. It is to provide a defense of the reason we have such a hope. A defense built on the truth that God delivers in his word. Our hope is found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is why we revere him as Lord. It's also why we want to navigate offense well. It's why we want to respond righteously not recklessly because the gospel is also for them. Peter lays it forth in verse 18, he says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the Spirit. Christ took on all suffering for the evil in your life and in theirs. He died on the cross for you and for them too. He has placed you in God's family and made you a part of his kingdom and he wants to do the same for those who offend you too. Jesus is your Lord. Your Lord who suffered for you even when you were offensive to him. When your lifestyle and your choices would have offended his holiness, Jesus forgave and covered over it with his ever-patient, ever-flowing, ever-constant grace and mercy. Jesus died to bring you to God, to move you into alignment with the will and desires of God through the constant working of His Holy Spirit in you. You have been made alive again and God wants that for them too. The Holy Spirit's work in your own heart aligns you with the truth and causes you to live against The grain of culture. God wants that for those who offend you too. And certainly that includes the recognition of the offense our actions have caused God, but also the joy of forgiveness. We must be careful then when offended. We might easily be filled with anger, even a righteous anger, but if that causes us to lash out or or speak words filled with anger, it will do nothing to advance the gospel. It does nothing to defend the hope that we have, but it can damage our opportunity to share God's grace. The gospel truth in your heart and reverence for Christ allows you to respond righteously, instead. Peter then tells us to strive for three things. Gentleness. These gospel biblical truths that you know and hold dear may be new for others. They may be different than they have ever thought and counterintuitive to what they've known. A God of both justice and grace? So, dear friends, let us speak gently and patiently. Let us lead gently and patiently. Never back down from the truth or let go of the boldness and courage we ask the Holy Spirit to work with us and in us. But in your boldness, strive to keep your words full of love and free of anger. <clears throat> Respect. Respect. Very little does more damage to a believer's witness than when it is given without respect for another person. If we belittle or demean their culture or their family or even the beliefs with which they've grown up, we might cut off the opportunity to share the real hope and eternal joy we have in Christ Jesus. So even if we do need to root out deep-seated beliefs inconsistent with the Bible, let's do so with respect and keep a clear conscience. When offended it's easy to react in anger, to quickly type on a keyboard or or phone and and fire a a harsh message off with, with little regret after the fact. Let's pause, consider our approach strive to keep our consciences clear that others may be ashamed of their slander and not we of our own. Dear friends, when offended, remember to revere Christ as Lord. Remember your hope and that Jesus wants it to be their hope. Strive for gentleness, respect, and a clear conscience. And we pray that God helps us to do just that. Amen. And still from words from a pastor to close, I want to share a prayer that fits well. It is often attributed to Francis of Assisi. We pray, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life.